Hello and welcome to a new episode of Transforming Care and Clinical Support, our podcast series from Home Group. I'm Dr Nick and today we're learning more about occupational therapy apprenticeships. Occupational therapy is one of the most rewarding jobs, but it's not without its challenges. And I'm going to find out more from one of our fantastic apprentices right here in the Northeast. So joining me today is Gemma Wright. Um, Am I right in thinking you are one of our wonderful OT apprentices? I am, thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh no, you're really welcome. Um, I'm hoping that today we can have a bit of a chat about about you. You know, share only what you feel comfortable. <laughs> your journey to getting you to the point of this apprenticeship, and then your experiences of your apprenticeship so far. I'm hoping that that maybe inspires a few of our listeners to think of something like that for themselves yeah brilliant so do you want to talk to me a little bit then about who you are oh I feel like Silla Black what's your name Gemma (laughs) where do you come from now I can't find you a man or or a woman or anybody on this today (laughs) but we we can have a nice chit chat about OT so tell me a bit about your career and work history to date and then we'll maybe explore how you got into OT yeah well my name's Gemma um all my life I've just kind of plodded on really working at call centres didn't really have like a career in mind on what I wanted to do. Um, I was a young mom, so my main focus has always been paying the bills, doing what I need to do for my boys, and that was all that was really on my agenda for like a long time. I came to Home Group in 2017, and I'd left my previous job because I was suffering really bad with my mental health. Um, I'd been in a violent relationship for quite a while, and. I took some time out from work and I decided that I wanted to go back to work but I didn't want anything stressful, I just wanted part-time hours and I didn't know much about home group to be honest, I just seen that. Really? The hour- nah, <laughs> sounds really bad because I love it now. <laughs> took the leap of faith. <laughs> I just I seen the hours suited me and I was like right go for it, it was a call centre so it was something I was familiar with and I thought this is perfect, it suited around the kids at school. Um, it was basically my first day when I was there and they were doing the whole welcome into home group talks and I learned that home group have a massive care and support sector. I'd been a resident in a women's refuge, I'd had support from them and it made us realise that home group helped people like me. I was still very nervous at the time but I thought, oh wow, I'd love to do that, I would love to help people like, because I know what it feels like. I got me in permanent after a few months and then a year later there was an opportunity come up um, and it was a new service, a Gates Head on People service at the time and it was doing the new models of care so it was having OT, psychologist, all of that, it was sounded amazing and there was an opportunity for a peer support mentor um, and it was basically about having somebody who's had those lived experiences, who's worked with mental health services and kind of come out the other end. Um, and I thought, oh, I've got to do this. And I knew, I'd never worked in support before. I hadn't done anything like that. And I just went for it because it felt right. And I just, normally I always think about things. I'm always second guessing stuff. And I just thought, nah, I'm going to go for it. And I worked at the service for about three years. And I was lucky enough to work with three OTs, work alongside the psychologist, um, all amazing. 
And it was one of the OTs was really passionate about me going for it. And she was like, you are an OT. You're already doing it. You are an OT. And I remember I was like, am I? <laughs> and she was telling us that home group were thinking about apprenticeship routes because for me, doing a degree, just leaving work, I couldn't do that. Like financially, there was no way. Um, I'd already exhausted options with student finance because I tried to do a degree 10 years ago and I couldn't do it. It got too much because I had the kids as well then. And I was like, you know what? This is my chance. I'm going to do something for me. And I'm I'm going to do it because I love it. And again, I didn't think about anything too much. I just dived in. And I'm, I keep diving into things. And I'm like, yeah, talking to you now. So I know. And look <laughs> at the success you've made of every one of those like opportunities that you've taken. Afterwards, I think back, I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> but I'm so glad that I've, like, I've took that leap and... I've, I realised as well why I struggled with, um, I had a lot going on as well, but with my first degree. So I, I know I've got barriers and I've recently been diagnosed with dyspraxia and some learning difficulties, which really helps us understand why I struggled so much at school and all of that. And because I'm able to be practical, which I'm good at, and then do a bit of the uni, I say a bit, it's a lot of it, but you know, it, it, it works really well because I can learn at uni and... Sometimes it doesn't always click, but when I go into work, I'm like, yes, it's clicking now. I get it. If I was just at uni doing the studying, I don't think I would be able to understand things how I'm able to this way. And obviously the staff, me mentor are all amazing as well. So, Do you think then, because I, I, just listening to you speak, it's it's hugely inspiring because not everybody has the opportunities earlier on. And like like you've said, traditional education routes aren't for them. But do you think that the route that you've taken and all that lived experience that you bring with you is actually hugely beneficial for the the work that you've done or will do with OT? Yeah, definitely. Because I think even when I started off as a PR mentor, I had that understanding um, because I've had situations where I've been let down by services. And when you come from that, you, you get it with people. And now... It's sort of like me learning about the dyspraxia, which is a very new thing. I'm still understanding that. And then it's, I, I think you've, it's really important to have those lived experiences. And I think Home Group really um, celebrates it and lets you bring it into your role. It's not where it's like, just come in, do your job and go and put a smile on your face. Like you're allowed to be you and it's celebrated. And I think it's really important to like show yourself as an OT. Absolutely. Because it's you're going to inspire you know all of the customers and the people around you that you meet and who knows how many of them will then go on to become support workers OTs whatever it is they choose to do do you think um that the apprenticeship route we should broaden out or what opportunities do you think we should seek with apprenticeships for the future do you think how do we encourage more people into different roles like yourself i definitely think it's something that should be expanded i know because we worked alongside um with psychologists as well like said and we got a lot of support workers who just finished uni doing psychology and the main reason why they left to go somewhere else is because they were getting that um shadowing experience and that psychology experience and if there was, that's just from what I've seen. I'm sure there's loads of people in different areas who are really keen to branch out into different parts, but they just, 
to just leave that opportunity. Absolutely. And what are the qualities as people that you think that you've experienced receiving support and then giving support and OT in your most recent career step? What are the personal qualities that you think are most important? My manager used to always ask me this, like, what, Did how she? You, like, how do you support people? Because uh-huh. I, I can't engage people that's sometimes been quite complex and really struggle to engage. But I'm just myself, you know, like, I think it's really important to, like, just, like, make yourself appear as a human. I think... A lot of the people that we work with, they have been involved in service for a long time. Um, they've met a lot of different um clinicians, support workers, and to them it's just another like it's just another name. But I think if you take the time to really build up a relationship with somebody, it's not just like getting to know that person, it's about getting to know each other and it's breaking down the barriers so that they actually feel safe, comfortable and they trust you. Because a lot of the people I work with, they've, they've worked with a lot of different people. And to them, sometimes it's just another person coming in um, who they might not necessarily work with for a long time. So I think it's really important just to be yourself, um, be a bit vulnerable as well, like show off your quirky sides and like just be human. And do you share? Do you share with the, the customers appropriate sharing? But, you know, it, do you share with them that, that hopefulness that they can see somebody like yourself who's maybe had more difficult times but still come through it is that a helpful thing I, I do yeah like obviously I always appropriately um, even yesterday I was speaking to a customer um and he's he's really insightful he, he's he's got an amazing brain and he really he was taught about being a psychologist and he was like when he said it he went I'm never going to be doing that. That it, it was impossible for him, and I said to him, "I'm struggling with things. Like I've got like like learning difficulties. I've got dyspraxia, and I'm still doing it. And like I would struggle normally, but if I can do it, you can do it. There's nothing stopping you from doing it." And he was like, "Really? I didn't know you had learning difficulties." I went, "Yeah." <laughs> and he went, "Oh, so you you went to uni?" I went, "Yeah, of course." I went, "You you can't do it." Um, and I think for him, it was just hearing that. He was like, actually, it was like as if he was thinking about it. He was like, maybe I can do it. Yeah. Oh, well, let's, let's hope that we that he can and we can support as many people out there to achieve what they want. I think there's a lot of customers that we work with that are amazing. And I think having lived experiences and turning that around and d- using that to help others, there's a lot of customers that would thrive in this kind of position that's the magic bit of what we do isn't it when you think that's just getting the right people like yourself out there working with the customers who've had a hard time but giving them that hope and opportunity to do better and be the best selves so exciting now talk to me about occupational therapy because some people that listen to our chit chat might not have a clue what it is, might have never come across it before. And I've probably been a really rubbish host by, say I got excited wanting to know more about you straight up front. And I probably didn't discuss or describe what OT is. So I'll let you do it because you'll do it better than me. What is it in a nutshell? (laughs) OT, so occupational therapy is, it looks at the whole person. It's a holistic way of offering somebody support. So we don't necessarily look at somebody's symptoms. We'll look at what it is that they want to achieve. 
what the boundaries are and how we can work with them to help them achieve their goals. Um, there is a lot of misconceptions. So a lot of people think that OT is just physical. So it's like putting grab reels up or um, adaptations in the house. And that is a big part of OT, but it's, it's also not the whole part. So I've learned occupational therapy can literally work in pretty much every sector. So you can get, wherever there's a human, you can have an occupational therapist, pretty much. Yes, um, that's it's, brilliant. <laughs> it's just about sort of, so for example, we might work with somebody who really, their goal is that they want to live independently. Um, and to them, when they think about it, it's just so many things in their head. They can't think of how to do it. There's so many steps and it's really overwhelming. So we sit with them and we break it down into goals and we look at like, what is it that we can do first? So it might be something like, I really want to start budgeting, but I just, I don't know how to do it. I've never done it before. So we break everything down into little sort of small areas and but we can be a lot more practical with it as well. So we can bring things into sessions that um that somebody will enjoy, that they really that really like that they really love and we can take them out, we can do things. So it's finding meaningful activities that's gonna help somebody sort of achieve the goals and aspirations. And yeah, you're absolutely right. And just for anybody who's listening, um when I started at home group five years ago now. Um, OT was one of the first disciplines we we brought into the organisation and now they are everywhere. They're like a positive virus. They are, <laughs> they're everywhere in our organisation and they are a growing workforce that we're so proud of alongside our psychologists that Gemma, you, you already talked about and our, we've got nurses of various types and um, positive behaviour support um, experts and applied behavioral analysts. So we've we've grown a lot of our professional disciplines to enhance what we do. And now, like you've beautifully said, Gemma, we're on our way to helping those people that are working out there in adult social care as support workers or whatever it is they're doing who have the appetite to want to take the next step in their career. I think it's really good um for support staff as well, like we work really well with them. We work as a team, so there's no hierarchy or anything like that. We work with, because they're with the customers all the time. So we support them and we work together and we're all kind of blend together lovely to sort of achieve the customer's goals with the psychologist as well. So it, it does work really well. So we work with a lot of different... Um, you do. And your your service, the one that you mentioned in Gateshead, the Young People Service, that was one of our first ventures, wasn't it? Into bringing, you know, the support team and the psychologist and the OT together. And it, like you said, it, it was a great success for the customers and the colleagues. I remember reading the advert because it was part of the new models of care and it was this brand new pioneering service and I remember reading it I was like wow this is amazing an in-house psychologist an in-house OT like that sounds fantastic like I, I hadn't heard of anything like that before um, and it's amazing to see that it's now grown across home group. Absolutely and it's going to continue to grow as we all evolve and people share their lessons learned and we understand things in a different way. So for you personally, I'm I'm dead interested. Where what would you like to see yourself doing in five years' time? What who's Gemma Wright gonna be in five years' time? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm so impulsive. I change my mind every day, you know. 
So like every <laughs> I do, ah, like every week at the minute on a Friday at university, um, we're having clinicians coming in from work from different organisations doing talks. And every time they talk, I go away thinking, I want to do this. So we've had palliative um, OT, and we've had paediatric OTs, we've had OTs working in CAMS, and I always feel so inspired every time I listen. I, it, I think at the minute, my heart's sort of like, I love working with young people, but I'm really keeping an open mind as well, because I don't know. I feel like I've got a desire to work in the homeless sector, just because... I always like to work with um people who maybe sort of not be given that support or they've not been given that chance to know if someone's on the last chance and that's it. I like to give them like five more chances or like infinity. And I want to work with people who have maybe been forgotten about a bit. That's where I feel like my heart is. But I'm keeping an open mind because I change my mind all the time. Because oh, I think with the, the amazing thing about OT is that you can, when you... When you're learning um, the principles of OT and the science, you can take that and use it in any sector. You can go to mental health, you can go to physical. There's learning difficulties. You don't have to be retrained once you've received that degree and you're qualified. You can move. So, and so long as you stay in the in the profession and we'd look, you know, yeah. the sky's the limit, isn't it, really? Exactly, yeah. I think home group um, seem to be doing a lot and they have a lot on the agenda in terms of um what they're going to do in regards to the homeless sector um seems to be a lot of big future plans and i would definitely love to be part of that it's so important isn't it people are more than just symptoms or more than their behaviors or the situation they find themselves in and i don't know if that's just the wonderful thing about what we do helping people achieve a better life for themselves definitely and i think sometimes if somebody's been in in a system or part of a service for so long you can sometimes for, like people can forget they're a person they'll read them as the, like you said as the condition or the behaviors or whatever else has went on but we strip that all back they're human and they, they just want a chance and they just want to achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve in life. And they just need a bit of a hand. I love it, honestly. Mm-hmm. You're definitely, definitely an OT, Gemma. I can see it. I can hear it. One interesting thing, if you're comfortable talking about it. So if there's anybody listening that is, is relating to you and thinking, God, yeah, isn't it wonderful? And maybe I've got some learning difficulties and I, I can relate to that because my, my little girl has dyspraxia and dyscalculia. And she she struggles um, and it is just that little bit harder. What do you have any advice or how do people, you know, how did you get diagnosed and is there any advice you could give? Yeah, so mine was, so I've got two boys. Um, we're very, is it the neurodiverse household? I'm actually uh-huh, that yeah. Neurodiverse, so, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> eldest has ADHD, my youngest has ESD and it was first sort of their diagnosis and the sort of different things that to get something in my head. And it was actually university. So I tried to go through my GP because I knew that I was going to struggle with the academic side. And I knew it was something that I really want to achieve. And I wanted to try and figure out what the barriers were. Um, the GP, the, the, there was going to be quite a big weight in this. And then the university's wellbeing service was amazing. So they paid for us to have an assessment done privately which was done fairly quick. I was seen within four weeks. Um, from that, I've had a full assessment done. 
Um, I've had all the recommendations in place and I've just had my laptop and printer delivered, which is going to be equipped with all singing and dancing equipment to help me plan and manage my time better and help us overcome like my obstacles that I have with dyspraxia. Like I say, I, I've only just found out that I've only just been diagnosed like less than a month ago. I'm still understanding it myself. But always what my main issues were was if something was written down I would read it, I wouldn't always understand it. Like and I would be like, why can't I get it? Like I would see people read things within like the required time and I'd be sat there like just staring at the book. I'd get really frustrated, really overwhelmed, and that's when I would find myself giving up. But I knew for so long I'd I'd been good at the practical stuff. I didn't want to come between us and I think there's there's no shame in having learning difficulties there's no shame in having it, it it's not like it, it's who you are it's part of your personality and you know people with dyspraxia are so good at creative thinking they're amazing at um they're such amazing at being resilient as well and they're they're really good at like sort of having that empathy for people so whatever condition or whatever concern you have don't focus on the negative parts about it. Like, look at what makes you unique. Like, I can think about something from a different angle because I don't think about things how maybe other people might, but I can come at things in a different way and that's what makes me stand out. So I'm celebrating that. And I think I've come 35 years without any support. So I think I've done all right. I think you've done more than all right, Gemma. And I, do you know what? I really hope that we have a lot of people that listen to you and what we've talked about today. And I hope it motivates and inspires them to go and give themselves some opportunities that they maybe hadn't thought possible. I think if you've got a passion for something and you believe that you can do it and you've got that in you do it go for it um home group is amazing it's supporting colleagues um i've been able to be myself in home group and seek support and be really honest like a couple of years ago anywhere else i would never tell an employee that i was struggling to understand something i would never ever because i would feel like i'd be judged and they'd think i wasn't doing my job properly and i can't do it it doesn't affect my intelligence um, at home group, I can say to my mentor, I don't get this. I'm really struggling. And there's no judgment. It's like, okay, how can I help? And I feel like it's like that not just, yeah, the university are exactly the same. So don't let that hold you back. Those are wise words. And that's the beauty of diversity, isn't it? We should all celebrate our differences and enable people who, like you said, don't think the same. Let's get the best out of them because they'll bring something unique to the table. The world will be born if we were all the same and fought the same. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So we need to have diverse people. <laughs> we, we do. And do you know what? You're spot on. That's what we, we engender, that sense of personality and be yourself at home group. And that's what our customers appreciate, I think. That, Like you said beautifully, there's no hierarchy. It's about genuinely walking beside people you know, and helping and being helpful and accessible and seeing what potential that we can, you know, tease out of them and support them to achieve their dreams. I just hope that we have many more people like yourself with the opportunities that the work that we're doing create, I I suppose, attacking them as fiercely as you have and just going for it because you're going to be our future. It's going to be you leading the way in five, ten years' time with these wonderful services that we will be offering then. And you'll really understand the reason that we do it. You embody it. I think for me, 
it's important to use your experiences, whether they're bad and good, because everyone has bad experiences or good experiences. Put that into everything and use all of that, all your life experiences and channel it into something positive. Because now it really helps me, like I think in like a therapeutic way, like I can look back at some of the, the bad experiences and think, I'm actually like, oh, I wouldn't say they use the word glad, but I appreciate them because it's made me who I am. And it's made me be a better peer mentor. It's made me go to OT and hopefully it's gonna make me into a good OT as well. And I'm grateful for those experiences and I can look back now and not feel sad about them, not feel resentful or anything that I can look back at them as what they are and think this happened for a reason and it's made me the person that I am and I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of everything, the good and the bad and the ugly. So you've got to be, so use all of that, the good and the bad and channel it into something positive and don't let don't let your bad experiences hold them back use them to go forward well I'm going to finish on that because your words were just perfect and I've got to say you've inspired me today and I feel immeasurably proud to be a small part of home group's journey that has enabled somebody like yourself to to shine and I'm quite excited to see where you're gonna go Gemma It'll be brilliant. I qualify. Get me to green 2023. So, summer, I'll let you know. Yes, yes. It'll be brilliant. <laughs> It'll be brilliant. So, that's it for another episode. And thanks again to my very special guest, Gemma Wright. And in the next episode of Transforming Care and Clinical Support, I'll be welcoming two very special guests and exploring diverse allied health professional career pathways. See you next time. And thanks again for listening. <laughs>